0: This is episode number 203 with Dr. Jack Cruz. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal. With from around the globe as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Mine is Himalaya. So head on over to the app or Google Play Store to download it today. Don't forget to follow me once you're done so that you can listen to my episodes one day earlier than they're usually released. Pretty cool, huh? This episode is brought to you by Uveda. As you guys know, I'm obsessed with Ayurveda and Uveda is an epic, heart-centered, family-owned Ayurvedic company with a larger-than-life vision to create a healthier, happier world using the intelligence of Mother Nature. Now, I truly wish that none of us needed supplements. But in this modern world, with the depletion in our soil and with the full lives we all lead these days, sometimes our bodies need some extra love and support. This is why I love Uveda. They are such high grade, ayurvedically developed supplements to support not only your body, but your mind and soul too, helping you rebalance and come back to homeostasis, which is what the body wants. I love their mood supplements and love how they come in individual packs, perfect for someone who travels as much as I do. Now, I've teamed up with Uveda to give you the Epic MA Tribe 35% off your first order. So, all you have to do is head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash Uveda, and that is spelled Y O U V E D A, and you can get your 35% off your first order right now. Dr. Jack Cruz is a respected neurosurgeon and the CEO of Optimized Life, a health and wellness company dedicated to helping patients avoid the healthcare burdens we typically encounter as we age. He is currently in private practice in the Gulf South, and as a neurosurgeon, his research has been published in respected dental and medical journals. His popular blog, jackcruise.com, gets over 250,000 unique worldwide visits per month from all over the world. That's pretty impressive. And in today's episode, we chat all about 5G and blue light and the impacts blue light has on your health and metabolism why the light you eat in is more important than the food that you actually eat, why you need to avoid artificial lights as much as possible, but especially at night, how light affects and controls our behavior and why it can lead to addiction, the truth about dietary supplements, how much light is actually good for you based on your latitude, the detrimental effects of 5G, what we can do to protect ourselves from EMF, and are EMF cases really worth the investment, plus so much more. And for everything that Jack and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 203. But before we dive into this epic conversation, I want to read the review of the week. And this week it comes from A Wholesome You and it's a five-star review titled, I Love This. And she says, I've been following Melissa since 2014. Thank you so much. She is one of the reasons I enrolled in IAN and became a health coach. I wanted to do what she does. She is an inspiration. I love all that she shares and her podcast is epic. Thank you, Melissa. Keep doing you. Honey, I sure will. Thank you so much for that beautiful review. I'm so grateful. And don't forget, if you want to be the review of the week for next week, all you have to do is head over to iTunes and leave me that five-star review right now. Thank you in advance. And before I bring on Dr. Jack Cruz, I must preface this conversation with a bit of a warning, a bit of a disclaimer, you might say. I'm always doing my best to practice non-judgment. That's always my intention. This isn't like any of my other interviews. Now, Jack is extremely forward. He is extremely honest. That's just who he is. And to be honest with you, I really considered not posting this episode, but the information he shares despite delivering it not in the most loving way possible, is very important information. And I really hope that you can practice non-judgment, which is something that I'm always practicing. And I really hope that you can stay open wide and just extract the important information about blue light, EMF, and 5G. Because every time I interview someone, I'm still learning, right? And to be honest, on re-listening to this episode, I wished I had have said some things, but I didn't say them. And I wished I had of. but I'm still honing my interviewing skills. I'm still learning. And every single time that I sit down in front of the mic, I am learning. It's new and I always will be learning. So if this episode offends you, I am so sorry. That was not my intention. It never will be my intention I simply wanted Jack to share this important information and maybe it could have been delivered with a little bit more love but you know that's just him and so I'm sorry if this offends you please stay open wide please practice non-judgment and now let's bring on Dr. Jack Cruz Welcome, Jack. I am so excited to have you on the show today to chat about light and everything because you are like the light expert. But we've had a few people who are massive advocates for the blue blocking glasses, but no one has really dove deep into the detrimental effects of junk light. And so I'm really excited because, you know, us humans have evolved to thrive in three types of light, the sun, the moon, and the fire. But the LED and the fluorescent lighting that comes from not only our phones and computers and TVs and cars and streets and shopping centers and hospitals and work environments, they're all extremely detrimental to our well-being on so many levels. So can you tell us how that is?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the reason why it's a problem is we have these proteins in our body called opsins and all photoreceptors, have an opsin protein bound to it. Most people know about the one in the eye called rhodopsin, which is found on the rods, which are the dark light receptors that we use at nighttime. What most people don't know is that we have quite a few different opsins, and it turns out that this melanopsin, which is the one that works with blue light, is our blue light detector. And we found it first in 1998 in the eye, then we found out in 2014 it's present on all of our blood vessels. We found out in December of 2017 that it's present in our skin and our subcutaneous fat. And it turns out that melanopsin is the opsin that is linked to the leptin pathways. And blue light is absolutely incredible in terms of turning on and turning off the growth and metabolizing pathways in the body. That's the reason why blue light makes us obese. Most people think it's eating too many carbohydrates. turns out that's really not the case because if it was the case, the people that live on the equator who eat carbohydrates 24-7 should be as fat as some of the people in Australia, and they're not. It turns out that the light in which you eat is probably more important than the food you eat, and it's tied to how this biophysical arrangement works You know, within the environment that you choose to live. And since humans are the only animal on the planet that can alter their environment to break all of nature's laws... This is the reason why it can lead to chronic diseases and causes of, of many different problems that even today people are unaware of.
0: This is fascinating. I love that. Light makes us obese. That's that is revolutionary. Like for a lot of people, they would never have thought about that. And the light in which we eat in. So, yeah, that's really interesting, the light in which you eat. So, I mean, what can we do about that? So you're saying, you know, the light that we eat, our breakfast, lunch, and dinner is affecting our health and probably, you know, you could be eating all the beautiful homegrown organic food, but if you're sitting there eating it in LED and fluorescent lighting, then you're kind of wasting your time. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. It turns out the light that you eat it in has uh, a big play in terms of the free radical signaling, it's made in the respiratory proteins your mitochondria. So what you think you're buying in the store, the electromagnetic footprint that's placed in the food by photosynthesis is absolutely unmasked and changed by the light environment that you eat in. And people just don't realize that the entire food web is built around solar EMF. And when you introduce man-made EMF, Either through your eye, your skin, your gut, no matter what surface it is, you change the signaling. And when you change the signaling, you change the reality, you change everything about the situation. This is part of the reason why most people out there believe, you know, that you can regain your your health and wellness just from you know exercise and food, and that's totally ridiculous. And the reason it's totally ridiculous, if you ask anybody who's tried to get fit in a blue-lit gym or utilizing organic food that's not nearly close to part of the story. And that's the reason why people struggle.
0: And those gyms are usually full on with the lighting. It's the same with the shopping centers and the hospitals, isn't it?
1: It's the same everywhere. They changed when we changed light for man was really what's really occurred when we invented fire. We actually changed that. I would I would argue the point when you opened this podcast that light is a primal evolutionary directed light. I, I don't believe that's the case either. I, I think light at night is a problem even when fire is the introduction. I would say that it's better than the choices we have in modern life, but artificial light at night from any aspect outside of the lunar cycle needs to be avoided. And, and I'd even take it to the nth degree. The word lunatic for those of you who don't know, Luna comes from the word moon. And most people know when there's a full moon out, that's when the lunatics come out. Why? Because most of the blue light reflects off the moon and it'll affect the behavior of people out in it. We've known that since the dark ages. So if you really think about it, all artificial light at night, including even some of the ones that are present in nature, have a humongous effect on our biology. That's the reason why day and night cycles are incredibly important for you maintaining your wellness. So if you happen to be out in the full night, a full moon and you do it consistently and you're not getting AM sunlight to restore or reset the circadian mechanism in your body, you're going to have problems long-term.
0: So what do we do at nighttime? What can we do? Go to
1: sleep, just like you're supposed to. Go to sleep. Yeah, you're not supposed to have artificial light on. People today have 15 different devices on average, at least in the United States. I don't know what the latest data is in Oz, but in the U.S., there's between 12 and 15 devices that emit different forms of light radiation. When the sun sets, the way melanopsin works, as soon as you get past the sunset, 435 to 565 nanometer light becomes absolutely deadly to melatonin biology. It will destroy melatonin. It'll destroy the photoreceptors that are tied to the leptin mechanism. And basically, it undoes all of your circadian mechanisms. In fact, there was a paper that was just published in the last couple of days that actually showed when you do not get AM sunlight and it screws up insulin secretion, it does it through one of these molecular clock genes called the period two gene. That period two gene, when it becomes uncoupled, actually is what leads to tumor progression in all mammals that use this mechanism. It turns out every mammal on this planet that's either diurnal or nocturnal actually uses the period one, period two genes. So this is the reason why people who have diabetes fundamentally have a blue light disease. It's also the reason why cancer is fundamentally a blue light disease at some level in that person's environment. The problem is no one gets told this and I don't believe this is revolutionary at all. I think it's blatantly obvious if anybody has read the articles that have been published in the last 25 years on chronobiology. The problem is most people spend too much of their time following uh, Paleo Pete Evans instead of reading things that matter.
0: So realistically for someone, though, if it does get dark at like 4.30 where they live and they can't go to sleep and they do need to use some light, like – is candles the best? Is amber bulbs? Is blue light blocking glasses? Like, what are some things that they can actually do if they do need some light?
1: I think for a podcast like this, when you're trying to educate people, you should tell people what they should do, not what they can do. And what they should do is make it dark at night. So, if you want to do something at night, candlelight's probably your best bet because it has the lowest effect on melatonin levels. But the, the real key point here is for people who don't understand the chronobiology, this is maybe their first introduction to it. Complete darkness is what you need. For example, I, again, I don't know about your audience and how sophisticated they are reading the latest data. But if you're a woman who has a history of breast cancer, the data is crystal clear. If you have any artificial light at night in your environment, your cancer is much more likely to come back. If you want to get breast cancer. Put artificial light on at night, and you're probably going to be setting yourself up for a major problem. Wow. That's the kind of things that we need to get out there. I'm not interested in teaching people what they can do. I'm interested in teaching people what they should be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned before how it not only affects our health and disease in our body, but behavior. So, how has light? How does light affect and control our behavior?
1: Well, it's pretty simple through another hormone uh, called dopamine. So anybody who's a music fan knows Kurt Cobain. They know Jimi Hendrix. They know Michael Jackson. They know Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. These are all people that killed themselves. Why did they kill themselves? Because their job basically was night shifted and they played electrified instruments. They were always around parts of the electromagnetic spectrum at night that they weren't designed to be. So what does that do? It changes the signaling, or how we like to say in quantum biology, the quantized effect of how dopamine's made. So people don't really know that dopamine is made from aromatic amino acid called tyrosine or phenylalanine. Turns out the amount of sun one gets in the morning through the day is directly tied, meaning quantized. That means very specific and very sensitive amounts. Well, when you are around light frequencies that are not natural or solar-based, it alters the level of dopamine that changes your mood. There's a chemical in the eye and the brain called POMC. That chemical breaks down to six different chemicals. When dopamine is out of whack, it turns out that those POMC chemicals are also out of whack, and that's the reason why people like Chris Cornell and Kurt Cobain and Jimi Hendrix use drugs. Due, due to their blue light shifted life, because anyone who has a dopamine problem tends to also have addiction problems. And that's kind of where things change. And when people begin to see all these links, then they begin to understand why things happen. It's the same reason why people in Hollywood tend to come down with the same problems. We're seeing the same effect you know, in kids that are new in this industry, like Ariana Grande just got diagnosed with PTSD. That should be no shock to anybody, you know, who, who's followed her career and sees how it goes. The bottom line is we need to be extremely mindful about the light that we use and the times that we use it. It's that critical. It's much more critical than anybody has really realized. And And this effect is dramatic. It's It's also well published. It's not hyperbole. The problem is, it's just not well known by the lay public.
0: What do you think will happen if we continue to go the the way that we're going right now?
1: Well, that's pretty easy, Melissa. There was a book written about four or five years ago by Elizabeth Colbert. She's a New Yorker, New York Times writer, and she also happens to work or write for The New Yorker, which is a magazine here in the States. And she wrote a book called The Sixth Extinction. In fact, the reason why it should be really big time for you is you have this thing that's been dying off the coast of your island down there. And it turns out that that extinction event has been ongoing for 25 to 30 years. She basically wrote this book and went all over the world to every continent, including Antarctica, and every place she visited and talked to scientists. They found that there's a great extinction event going on and nobody seems to realize it. And the reason why is because for about the last 120 years, man has decided to use the electromagnetic spectrum in ways to not only light the world, but also to communicate. And those two things are behind what's driving these events because it changes our biology, and it leads to massive circadian problems. And when you cannot control the circadian mechanism properly, Over a period of decades, what tends to happen is you tend to die sooner than you should.
0: Wow. So what about someone who does shift work?
1: Just by term insurance. That's what I tell my people. Uh, See, I make it very matter of fact. I'm not interested in um, the emotional aspects tied to this. The data is so clear now that if you're going to work night shift because you make an extra five or six bucks an hour, you're basically telling the world and your family that money is more important than time in your life. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's full on. This is, yeah, this is amazing. And you talk a lot about B12 being the biggest photoreceptor in our bodies. No, yeah, that's
1: not true. B12 is not the most important photoreceptor. Melanopsin is the most important photoreceptor. Leptin is the most important photoreceptor. B12 is important, but it's not a critical. One, it's much more critical for certain people. Like if you're vegan and you happen to, say, live in the tropics, but you don't, are not mindful of blue light and non-native EMF, then B12 can become a radical problem uh, and lead you know to different issues. But I don't want anybody listening to this to, to think that B12 is the leader. The leader in the clubhouse is leptin and melanopsin. If you take nothing away from this podcast, take this away. You need to learn everything you possibly can about those two things. And once you learn about those two things, then it will open the door to why B12 becomes destroyed through this melanopsin mechanism. And the reason for that is complex. It's not an easy thing for most people to understand, but all opsins in the body are bound to something called vitamin A or what we call retinol. And When melanopsin is stimulated by blue light or non avmf that retinol gets freed in our body. There's copious amounts of papers on PubMed that show when you have high levels or altered levels of vitamin A in the blood, it leads to destruction of photoreceptors in the body. Once those photoreceptors in the body are destroyed, it means that the body does not do a good job with light or dark. And when light and dark is broken, the circadian mechanism is broken, and that causes you to lose control of the cell cycle. And that's what leads to growth and metabolism problems. That's how it really works.
0: Wow. And would you recommend, besides limiting the light and, and you know turning the lights off at nighttime and being really diligent with your exposure, would you recommend supplementing with B twelve as well or no?
1: No. I mean most people who follow me in the States, when they hear this question you just ask me is probably gonna chuckle. Or they're probably gonna say, is Jack gonna light her up like a Christmas tree? Here's the simple story about supplementation. When you understand the quantum biologic perspective, if you take a supplement for any type of natural photoreceptor, you are uncoupling the system that's in the body. So in other words, everything in the body works on a positive and negative feedback loop, and that includes circadian biology. So for example, if you in the United States, we have this epidemic problem where kids who can't sleep because they're tech abuse are using melatonin supplementation. What the doctors are not telling people is kids that abuse melatonin supplementation, they're thinning their retinas and they're getting other problems in their body. And the reason for that is because you're uncoupling the normal system that's present. So if your body is designed to make it naturally and you take a supplement to augment it, you basically have screwed yourself in a big way. And most of my members, and my members are called black swan mitochondriacs, the reason we call them that way because your mitochondria controls Most of these mechanisms in your body through the melatonin cycle, and melatonin happens to have its major effect on autophagy and apoptosis, which are the two change programs that mitochondria use to keep us well. Once you begin to realize that all these photoreceptors really filter down to mitochondrial biology, you need to go to the nth level to find out truly what controls these things, and when you do. That's when you begin to realize why Jack's a little bit of a controversial guy, especially in the States, with food gurus, because food gurus, they tend to sell supplements to people because they make money doing that. And just because they make money doing it doesn't mean it's the thing that you should do as the lay public. You need to understand the real reason why this is an issue and why it's not a wise choice to take something that your body naturally makes. Your body makes it because of the light that you live under. It turns out if you live under the wrong light, and just for argument's sake, because we were talking about vegans and vegetarians, everybody, uh, I think on planet Earth, knows that those, that group of people tend to have low B12 levels because they don't eat enough animal products. What people don't realize is that most of them also don't get enough light. They don't get enough solar light. It turns out B12 is actually linked how much sunlight you get. And that's the real big issue. And I try to teach people this issue, especially around the continent of India, because for 5,000 years of human history, the largest group of vegans in the world are based in the Indian subcontinent between 20 North and the equator. And they did very well for 5,000 years. Turns out now they have the highest level of diabetes on the planet in that same group. And the reason why? is because Mumbai and Bangalore, which are located in that area, have become tech havens for Google and Facebook from the United States. That's where all the call centers are. So it turns out those vegans have now had their light environment changed by American companies. And all of a sudden, within 25 years, we went from 10 million diabetics in that area to about 170 million in 25 years. Wow.
0: So how much light do you recommend people get?
1: As much as they possibly can based on what their latitude is. So for example, I live at the 28th North Latitude. We're coming into summertime here. You know, it's springtime. So our sunrise is about 6.15 now, and it goes all the way to about 7.45 a.m. Jack was outside today from sunrise all the way until about 15 minutes before Melissa called me up.
0: Wow. And you, yeah, you're just constantly outside as much as possible.
1: I try to get out as much as possible. If I'm at work, any time that I have two, three, four minutes, I'm either opening a window or going outside. You need to see the sun. And I'm not talking about behind glass windows. That doesn't count because being behind a glass window actually filters the light you get. It blocks all the UV and it blocks about 40 to 50% of the infrared A. And when you realize that on a relative basis, it means just being indoors makes somebody blue light toxic. Why? Because glass has no effect on the blue light from the sun. And this is one of the major, major problems that people don't realize, just being inside alone. And that's really what technology has done for us. Most people cannot use technology outside because the screens don't really work that good. So what what have we done? Everybody's working indoors. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge problem. There's no way to fix this problem until you understand you've got to open windows. Well, you know, most of the buildings in most of the big cities in the United States and Australia, they don't even open it.
0: Yeah, it's all air conditioning.
1: Yeah, in your country, it's even a bigger deal because they have this idiotic belief that the sun causes melanoma and skin cancers. That's an absolute joke when you look at the, the data. It turns out that blue light is what stimulates the melanocytes in your body to cause melanomas. So when you begin to understand these real links, you begin to question the conventional wisdom that's being spewed by ophthalmologists and dermatologists out there. Because if the sun truly was as toxic as they tell people in Australia, every tree and every plant and just about every wild animal should have melanoma. And it turns out things that are in the wild Rarely get it. It turns out since we started to use altered life frequencies about 120 years ago, that's when the the spike rates in both skin cancer and melanoma exist. And it turns out in your country, you have a much bigger spike than we have here. There's a lot of different reasons for it, but the number one issue is how you guys have used uh, the light spectrum. Also, where the population base is in Australia, it's around the outside of the country, very little population density in the interior of the country. And this is tied to more biophysics related to water. And it turns out that people who live in Australia fundamentally have a huge problem with how they create and make water and how water can interact with light. And that's the real reason that people in Australia have some unique problems referable to their country versus what we see both in the States and Europe and different parts of the world.
0: Wow, that is full on. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I want to, this has been so amazing and so insightful. And I'm sure everyone listening's mind is being blown right now. But I want to shift gears to 5G and EMF because they've started to roll 5G out here in Australia. And I know that they've done it in the States. I did a post on this on my Instagram about two weeks ago. And I One guy completely just tore me to shreds saying, you know, everyone's overreacting and 5G is the same as 3G and it's not detrimental to our health. But can you tell us about 5G and what that will do to our health?
1: Yeah, I would tell you first that that guy, if he was on my Instagram page, would have been blocked. He's an absolute idiot. Anybody who knows anything about biophysics knows That uh, 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, and 5G, they're not the same. How they all act is a problem. The people in the States clearly are a little bit better informed than maybe people down in Oz. Uh, I would tell you that Australia has had 5G a lot longer than y'all think. It's been in most of your big cities. They've been testing it for, I know Telstra's been testing it for at least three and a half, four years in some of your big cities, especially like Melbourne and Sydney. But the key thing that you need to understand is the, the type of technology we're talking about has rapidly changed for humans over the last 20 to 30 years. How does this use of the light spectrum cause problems? Well, it's a complex story. Um, probably before I get into it, I'm going to tell everybody they need to go read a book to actually get up to speed on the science themselves. The name of the book is called Going Somewhere. And it's written by Dr. Andrew Marino. He happens to be a a biophysicist and a lawyer. And he first cut his teeth in talking about power lines and how power lines, which are a form of the light spectrum, also cause problems for humans. And when you read some of the depositions that he actually gave in Congress in the United States back in the 1970s, you will be absolutely astounded by how alien light frequencies, which is what non-native EMF is, cause disease. Let's fast forward to 2014. The federal government of the United States spent $25 million doing a study called the NTP study. And, and you should have talked to this idiot on your Instagram about this study. When that study came out with its initial, stu- initial report in about 2015, it basically said that any type of radio frequency radiation causes cancers in nocturnal animals. It was so damaging to the cell industry that the federal government, who paid $25 million for this study, actually sent the data to researchers all over the United States to make comments on it for almost three and a half years. The final tally on the NTP study was published in the United States on November 1st, 2018. And the final tally is that RF radiation from 1G, 2G, and 3G, which is what the NTP study looked at, all cause cancer in nocturnal animals. So why is this a big deal? Well, it turns out we're going back to the story that you asked me about earlier. How does nocturnal animals like mice and rats differ from diurnal animals like us? Well, it turns out the opsins that are present in our system have a weak and a strong covalent bond. And it turns out nocturnal animals tend to have a strong covalent bond between melanopsin and vitamin A. And when we got the data that showed that RF radiation, which is not a very strong radiation when you look at the electromagnetic spectrum, it's non ionizing that it was capable of causing circadian disruption through a topologic effect, guess what it signaled to guys like me in the world who understand the biophysics of light. It means that diurnal animals like us are far more at risk. Why is that? Because we have a weak covalent bond. So that means that the light radiation can disrupt the freed retinol to destroy more of the photoreceptors in our body. And when you also layer on the fact that this study was done predominantly on 1G and 2G environments in these animals, Then you begin to really realize the problem that we have with 5G because 5G power density and the way the engineers have altered the wavefront to carry more data on it. So, you know, you can download Netflix faster in Australia to see your stupid movies at night. This is even more damaging. 5G is devastating and will be devastating to people who abuse it. The effect... Is a topologic effect for your idiot on Instagram. He may want to look up the 2016 Nobel Prize given for topology. And it turns out that topology is the science of how waveforms can change signaling. And 5G effects, really, the main effect is through this topologic effect. And it's going to cause massive leptin and, and melanopsin dysfunction. And it already has. We've seen humongous changes in the United States both in depression, suicide, the opiate crisis, the obesity crisis. In Oz, we've seen you guys have several cities down by you that have BMIs over 40. The amount of autoimmunity in Australia is off the charts compared to the states. And obviously, you have your skin cancer effect. Well, it turns out the skin cancer effect is really upregulated by 3G, 4G, and 5G. And it's, it's impacted greatly in you because the water cycle in Australia happens to be much worse than it is in the States. And that's the reason why there's a zip code effect with different forms of technology. That's the reason why you'll see different disease metrics in different parts of the world. And 5G is even more interesting because the 5G that's present that Telstra is using, say, in, in Cairns versus Melbourne, is radically different because of this topologic effect. The same thing is true in the United States. The effects that are going to happen on the West Coast compared to the East Coast will be radically different. Because of how the five G is being delivered, because of these effects, and this is what makes this is actually a benefit to companies like Verizon, AT and T, and Telstra because they have simple-minded people that probably are going to be listening to this podcast that don't know anything about the biophysics of light waves, and they don't understand. They think five G is the same everywhere in the world, and it turns out it's not. There's going to be certain places where five G is developed that's far more damaging. Than it will be in other places because of how close the antenna density has to be. So for example, in my hometown in New York City, because of the building effect, they have to put way more antennas on the street block. So believe it or not, the 5G antennas now, there's at least three of them per city block. And in Manhattan specifically, where you probably just heard that Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade killed themselves about four or five months ago. On top of their buildings where they lived in in New York City, they had 60 gigawatt 5G antennas. So Jack happened to be one of the guys that made a prediction that anybody who had these antennas around them in 2014, they were going to sustain significant problems. And that's exactly what we're seeing already in the United States. We're actually seeing it in Australia already. But the problem is your government does a much better job of covertly hiding the truth through your legislation. I consider Australia much more of a communist state than I do the government of the United States. The United States is bad enough, but we protect corporate interests more than we protect the public health interests, but there's a lot of people here in the States that are now uncovering the data that the cell industry has tried to hide. And this, they're using the same game plan that, that they use for the tobacco industry here in the United States. The problem is Australia. Australia's legal system has allowed a lot more coverage for these companies than is going to be present in the United States. And I've been on record as saying that when this lawsuit, this class action lawsuit comes to fruition in the United States, it will dwarf what big tobacco had to pay in the courts. We're talking trillions of dollars. And it's so bad already that if you read, if you're a really wise consumer and you think this is hyperbole, if you go and read the 10K reports from Wall Street, you know, the Lloyds of London will not insure any cell carrier. They are completely uninsurable by the reinsurance industry. That should be a big tell for your idiot follower on Instagram. This is stuff that people can actually research themselves. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. I always tell people when it comes to talks about 1G through 5G, the best way for you to educate yourself is follow the money. And once you find out that insurance carriers know the deal and investors know the deal already, if you happen to be a tech abuser, as far as I'm concerned, you get what you deserve. If you're that big a moron, and don't realize how damaging the published data is already in terms of your risk of 5G. Melissa, I'll, I'll be honest with you. As a neurosurgeon, you know, I have a, a compatriot down in Oz, Charlie Teow, who's, who's actually done a lot of public good down in Oz. But there's a lot of people down in Oz that, you know, try to make fun of Charlie and, and try to say that Charlie, you know, he speaks in hyperbole. He, he doesn't. We know that this is extremely damaging. The problem is it's being covertly protected because of the economic stimulus to both the economies in Oz and and the economy here. But it's very clear in the epidemiology that something has radically changed since we began to use the internet. And it, it goes all the way back to when we started to use the light spectrum back to Tesla's time. That's when this changed. It changed with Marconi, It changed with Tesla, it changed with Edison, but it's rapidly gotten worse since the 1940s and 50s. And people just don't realize that, you know, the the real evolutionary change in our use of the light spectrum parallels most of the disease metrics we have in the 20th and 21st century.
0: So what can we do to protect ourselves?
1: Oh, it's pretty simple. It's what I told you before. You want to use the sun in the day and avoid all artificial light at night. So you want to make sure you use technology as wisely as you can based on how you live your life and how you have to work. If you don't do that, you're going to pay a steep price in disease. That's what the toll is. And the, the thing is, You know, some people will say, well, you know, that's just not convenient for me. Well, that's fine. Nature doesn't care about your beliefs. They don't care about your wants, needs, and desires. She will take you out. And that's the take-home message that I teach my people. There's things you can do. Like you mentioned the use of blue blocking glasses. There's another one of my good members in Australia named Jason Bowden-Smith is trying to develop deuterium-depleted water because that's one of the big problems in Australia. Your water cycle is so bad that nobody has a clue about how light works with water that's made in your mitochondria at cytochrome 4. Once you begin to understand that's the real problem in Australia, then the solution is, okay, I need to drink different water than most other people drink. Right now, nobody in Australia really has a clue that there's someone in Australia that's actually trying to solve this problem for you. And that's part of the reason why you you guys advocate sunscreen and sunglasses for your kids. I mean, I, I sit here in the States and see these things out of Oz and just shake my head and go, I can't believe how stupid, you know, these public policies are. It just shows you how ignorant people are of biophysics. And the reason they're ignorant, Melissa, is not because this is hyperbole or it's not published. It's because nobody's reading. It's out there. It, it's blatantly obvious for anyone who reads. The problem is, no one's reading. See, everybody's reading the food guru stuff. They're, they're believing that it's tied to a narrative that's been out there for a long time. I would just tell people, if you believe that organic food is somehow a better choice and you don't have to worry about light, just by chance alone, for the last 100 years, we average about 250 diet books published in the United States. We would have tripped over the answer for food, and we haven't. Okay Food cannot solve a quantum problem around light. That's the key and one once you begin to understand that that's when you start to go deeper. You start to look for things that other people don't even know to look for. That's what I teach my people. I'm going to tell you that you have to be really smart. Blue blocking glasses are are smart at night, but the smartest people are not going to be out at night. they're not going to be working blue shifted nights. They're not going to be listening to their iPods or have their iPods or iPads and laptops on their laps. The way we use technology has become so addicting and so terrible for our biology that we need to re-educate people on really how to do it. There's no one easy answer, Melissa. The, the, The real key is you have to first tell people why technology is toxic. Why technology, the way we currently deliver it, is bad. I mean, everybody in creation, at least in the States, now knows that blue light's a huge problem. But it, it should amaze everybody worldwide. Why is it that every computer that's sold still has a default factory setting between 435 and 465? Well, I'm going to tell you the answer because the tech companies are making money off people being blue light addicted. It's the same reason when you go to a casino anywhere in the world. There's no windows in it. And everything inside is blue lit. And they don't want you going outside because what does it do? It makes you more addicted to their technology so that you continue to use. That's the reason why you see people and Apple stars at midnight at night.
0: So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. There's a couple of things that I do, you know, like I've got flux on my comu- computer and my phone and turning the Wi-Fi off at night and You know, I've got some EMF protecting phone cases. Is all of that stuff helpful or is it not really?
1: Some of its marketing glitz. Like the, the cases on the phones, that's marketing glitz. The iris software is phenomenal. And we haven't even talked about why it's phenomenal. You know, most people who hear about it, you know, think it's a blue light protecting thing, but it has another effect called the flicker effect. And all artificial light, with the exception of lasers and sunlight, flicker. And it turns out that flicker is another non-Native EM effect that leads to stroboscopic changes in neural functioning. So for those people who just thought that I gave them some word salad and didn't understand what I, I said, you can listen or when we get off this podcast, you can get on Google and look up the 1997 Pokemon video where kids all over the globe watched a certain Pokemon episode, and they got seizure activity just by putting the TV on. And it turns out that the flicker rate on this cartoon actually gave people the effect. And that's the first time globally that people ever realized that this was possible. Well, it turns out that the number one cause of migraine headaches worldwide is actually the flicker effect. And what light tends to flicker more than any other? It turns out it's LEDs. In our own country, President Obama eliminated the incandescent bulb in 2009. Probably the single biggest health mistake that the United States has ever made, in my opinion. And the reason why is now everybody's afflicted with flicker damage. Well, the use of IRIS software on computers and phones helps that, but it doesn't do anything for the use of LEDs. Because remember, how are LEDs being sold to the public? Because they subtract out UV and infrared light, so it saves energy. Well, it turns out that UV and infrared light are exactly what controls the two change programs in your mitochondria, namely autophagy and apoptosis. That's the reason why the sun is loaded with those frequencies. Most people don't even know that the sun goes from 250 nanometers to 3,100 nanometers. And it turns out UV light between 250 and and 380 nanometers is humongously important in circadian biology. The most dominant part of the sun is between 600 and 3,100 nanometer light, which is infrared A, B, and C. And it turns out that in terrestrial sunlight everywhere on this planet, that infrared A light is the dominant form of sunlight. Red light is what we're adapted to. And the fourth cytochrome, when you get into this, it's called cytochrome C oxidase. It controls apoptosis and autophagy. Guess what it has in it, Melissa? It has four red light chromophores. 620, 680, 760, and 860. Guess what? Those are all optimized to solar frequencies. So what happens when you don't get those four frequencies in your light during the day? Do you know what that cytochrome makes, Melissa? It makes water. And here's the interesting part of the story for probably your members. Most people listening to this podcast know, or should know, that every food on this planet is linked to photosynthesis. But most people fail to realize that they learned in third grade is that photosynthesis is CO2 meets water and sunlight and creates sugar. They've forgotten that mitochondria reversed the process of photosynthesis. So what does a mitochondria make? It takes sugar and other foodstuffs and turns it into CO2 and water. And it turns out that cytochrome-4 is how we make the water. And it turns out that the water that our mitochondria makes is deuterium depleted. Turns out the water that's in Oz isn't deuterium depleted. And that is the real reason people in Australia are getting the diseases that they have. Once you get to this level of sophistication that we're talking about here, because I know many people listening to this probably have never heard some of these concepts. And that's the reason why the doctors in Australia are impotent to fix the problems that you have. And they come up with these stupid policies to wear sunscreen and glasses and think that they're doing people a benefit when they're not. I hope through podcasts like this that people in Australia will say, look, what Jack just said is really new and illuminating. I need to, I need to learn more about this because once you begin to educate yourself When you know better, you do better. You start to realize that you're listening to idiots. The people who run public health in Australia are damaging their population by leaps and bounds. We do the same thing here in the States, but in Australia, I I think it's epic proportions. Once you understand these key things that we're talking about here, and you really do your homework, you're gonna begin to live a different life. And I'm a little bit fortunate. Even though I'm half a world away from you, I probably have more Australian members as part of my website than any other continent. And the reason why is my message is decidedly different than the shit that comes out of your politician's mouth.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, it's clear. It's clear. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Jack. I just wanted to chat about the cases you mentioned before, you know, cause it's, it's big, it's big money, all of these. EMF laptop cases and phones, are they all a hoax or are there some that you recommend that are actually worth investing?
1: None of them really do what they're designed to do. I do think they mitigate the risk, but here's the real issue. The smartest thing you can do, especially with a cell phone, is just put it in airplane mode. When you're not using it, you know, you're probably too young to listen to remember what I did. When we didn't have cell phones and we had landlines, if you aren't home you just didn't get a message. People would have a voice recorder or what we used to call a, an answering machine. It seems like today people need to answer every phone call that comes in. Well, even on airplane mode, people can still leave you a voice message. You should check them at the appropriate time and get back with people. Don't leave your phone on in your pocket all the time. It's absolutely psychotic based on the latest data. Now, if you want to live like that, then you are going to pay a toll. I would tell you, go out and buy term life insurance. You will need it. And if you don't die from it, you're probably going to get sick with some type of mitochondrial disease like diabetes, brain cancer, melanoma, you know, some of the the diseases that we talked about in this podcast. That's really the issue. And, you know, anybody who does have one of these diseases like diabetes I would challenge any family member to go back and look at how that person lives their life. And what you're gonna find, you're gonna find somebody who's addicted to their technology, to their TV, to their programs. And, you know, I talk to people all the time. People ask me, well, have you seen this movie or have you done this? My answer is no. I haven't seen a movie in probably 20 years. Why? Because I know better. I'm not interested in things that are going to take time away from my life. It's part of the reason. Why before we started this podcast, and maybe you can tell your listeners, Melissa, you said, Jack, do you wear a headphone? And I what did I tell you? There's no chance that I'm putting a headphone on my head. There's no chance that I'm gonna have a microphone in and around and on my body because of these topologic effects. I do not want electric and magnetic fields around me. I'm talking to you right now on a Cat 7 hardwired computer. And I also have the screen darkened. Yeah, I'm not interested. And you know, here right now it's 5:40 p.m. The sun is still out. As soon as I get off with you, Jack will be outside getting sun to offset the time that is being subtracted from my life by talking to Melissa. That's how serious I am about this.
0: I do a lot of those things too. Hardwire, and we have everything no Wi-Fi in our house, and my phone is always on airplane mode, so unless I'm using it, unless I need to use it. So there are some things that we can do that just will make a difference. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you would recommend? But I
1: think the number one thing that I would recommend, and I think most people who've persisted here you know, through this hour, you need to educate yourself. And the way you educate yourself is read books. Read books that cover these topics. If you Want a recommendation of books? You can find them either on my website or you can find them through my social media footprint until you understand that the biophysics data is out there now. See, 15 years ago, all the things that I told people, I was considered crazy and this and that. Well, every year since then, I've gotten smarter and smarter and smarter according to the public. Why? Because now you can access this information and you can find out that I was not lying to you, I was telling you the truth. And the reason why is I read the papers. I told my members and told my followers what was coming. These are predictions that I make. We're now in 2019, and the predictions are pretty dire when it comes to 3G, 4G, and 5G use. The real data around blue light is bad enough, but it turns out that in the last three or four years, the blue light data has really started to hit its tipping point You know, globally. Now we've got other fish to fry. And it turns out this 5G issue is a big deal. You know, within 5G, the the spectrum that it spans, it goes from about 6 gigahertz all the way up to 90. Actually, technically in the States, it's really 120 gigahertz. But based on the latest data, I was always concerned that it was going to be the microwave part that was the worst part of the 5G spectrum. And now it appears pretty crystal clear that radio frequency, low impact radio frequency radiation is a real problem. That is the real damaging news because just about everything that uses any type of wireless signal has a humongous RF footprint.
0: Mm. And what about kids? You know, we're throwing iPads and iPhones in front of children from the age of, you know, three years old to entertain them. What is that doing to our children?
1: I've said this on many podcasts and, you know, initially when I said it, it, it got me very controversial but now i think people understand why i said it seven years ago and i'll reiterate it to you you know we have this store here in the united states called walmart i don't know if you have it at NAS or not but most americans shop at a place like this and i told people that if you give a kid an iphone or an ipad at two or three years old to babysit them it's akin to taking your kid in the middle of walmart and kicking the shit out of them in front of an audience and the reason for that is radiation in the brain is protected by myelin. Human children are not fully myelinated until 25 to 28 years old. That's the reason why in the United States, you're not allowed to rent a car or rent a hotel room until you're 25 years old. So that means any type of wireless radiation that uses these frequencies destroys the signaling in these kids' brains. That's the reason why here in the States, the number one cause of death below 25 years old now is suicide.
0: Wow. Wow. That's really sad. It's
1: really, yeah, it is sad. When I was growing up, the number one cause of death in that age group was motor vehicle accidents. Now it's suicide. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason why, because guess what? Most people your age and younger, they don't remember. Most of you don't know what it was like for me to grow up when I was your age. You know, we didn't have these things. So yeah, people who killed themselves tend to be like Jimi Hendrix or Janis Joplin. People that are around these things you know, at night. Now everybody's around technology. It's ubiquitous. And the way we're using it is ubiquitous. And it's it's done indiscriminately. And governments around that control this have a duty to tell the public to use the precautionary principle when utilizing these things. But the problem is they're burying the data that they fund. You have to realize that the United States government, You know, is the leading publisher or I should say supporter financially of data. Guess what? They will not support researchers who study non-native EMF and blue light. And the reason why is because the United States economy, in fact, the entire world's economy, is based around non-native EMF. If we did that, lots of people would lose money. Mm. Your sickness quotient is being driven by profit margins. And this is not just the United States problem. This is a problem everywhere in the United uh, everywhere in the world. And it turns out your country does a really good job of really muddying the water for the public because they control the flow of information way better than we do here in the States. The States, it's kind of a, a wild west where if you educate yourself, you can really see the links pretty clearly. And I, I will tell you, I'm an optimist. The reason I'm an optimist is I've seen some pretty major changes occurring in the United States in the last three to five years. And I'm not one of these fatalist people, you know, that think that, you know, we're going to hell in a handbasket. There's going to be enough smart people, you know, out of, I don't know how many people listen to your podcast. But I guarantee if I get one person out of a thousand that go and read some of these books and educate themselves, that one person may affect another 1,000 people in their life. That's all we need. We just need about 100,000 people on the planet to get the the data down and start making better decisions. Once that happens, we'll be fine.
0: And is there a particular paper, like if there was one research paper and one book that you would recommend that every single person listening read, what would that paper be? And we can link to both of these in the show notes. I
1: don't think there's a paper out there. I think the book that I mentioned earlier, uh, Marina is Going Somewhere, is a great place to start. The reason I say that, the bibliography in that book is awesome, but a person to follow globally is somebody here in the States who's a PhD named Deborah Davis. You can find her on Twitter. She runs an organization called EH Trust. She does amazing things on the internet around non-native EMF. In terms of researchers, Henry Lai, his last name spelled L-A-I, he's been doing this study or this this data work since the 1960s and 70s. I think when you read Marino's book, you'll start to see all the the researchers who've, who've looked into this. Abe Pressman, Abe Liboff, Robert O. Becker. Most people will know these things and know that these books have been published for a really long time. And the problem is, is that no one realizes just how damning the data is. And you need to read books to understand this. Mm-hmm. this and this is not easy science to understand. But the here's the really cool thing. You don't really need to understand the science tremendously to get that the stuff that we're using is a problem. And once you get to that point where you say, you know, my use of technology is now bordering on abuse, then you can start to curb it and limit it. You can do it in a variety of different ways, but you're never going to change your behavior until you really understand what it's doing to you. That's the key. And that's what people, that's the message. The reason I do podcast is to get that message out. Because once you understand one 1,000 of what Jack is saying here, then you will change your technology footprint.
0: Yeah. And knowledge is power. Knowledge is key. My whole point
1: is I just get extremely frustrated in the health arena because people want to talk about exercise and food all the time. And it's absolutely the, the one place that I hate talking about because it's not going to solve any problems. The way we are abusing the light spectrum is the dominant problem. And, and you know, this is like Pareto's principle. You need to focus 80% of your attention on the big problem. And unfortunately, for the last 100 years, everybody keeps wanting to blame carbohydrates and highly processed foods for our problems. That's not the issue at all. And it's becoming blatantly obvious, especially in the microbiome world and the microbiome research, that uh, food is not as big a player as we all thought. And I'm, I'm certainly glad to be seeing this coming out problem is this data is still not well known by the public.
0: Mm, yeah. Well, thank you for spreading your message and all of the work that you do. Is there anything else that you want to share with us or any other parting words that uh, you'd like to leave us with?
1: No, just I think the number one thing is educate yourself. And then if you really, truly care about you know yourself and the people around you, then once you learn this stuff, go out and tell someone else. Care? Talk to people who have open minds. And I would actually tell you something that probably shocked you, Melissa, because you brought it up. The guy on Instagram, I, I often tell people who, you know, who mocked you, that's a person that you need to eliminate from your social media footprint. You need to get rid of people who want to spread you know, misinformation. Those people are highly damaging. So I have this saying that's on my Instagram page that Facebook block has saved more lives than solar block or sunscreen. And this is not how most people use social media, especially people who are internet personalities because they think the number of followers and members they have are good. I'm gonna tell you, it comes down to the quality of people that use your information because ultimately the people who truly value are they show you your value by how they use your information. So if a guy is on Instagram giving you a load of crap about that, you need to make an example of that person. Then once the example's made for the other people who are not educated and not chiming up, then block that person and and tell people why you're doing what you're doing. Because guess what? Teachers don't let disruptive children run their classroom, do they? So why do we do it and tolerate it on social media?
0: So true. So true. Oh, this has been so insightful and amazing. And we'll link to all of your website and your social media and the book that you recommended. We'll link to all of that in the show notes so people can continue to educate themselves. Because like you said, it's so important that we know. Because once you know, you then can't unknow it. And that's when a lot of people take action. You
1: can unknow it if you're ignorant enough. I mean, that's let's be honest. That's part of what the Dunning-Kruger effect is all about. There are still people out there. People know that heroin is bad for them and alcohol is bad for them and pornography is bad for them. But guess what? There's people out there that still abuse it. And I have no illusions that there will be people listening to this that are so addicted to technology, they will not heed this warning and not heed the message. That's what addiction is about. That's what dopamine alterations are all about. So I think we need to be cognizant of those people out there, because I'm sure there'll be comments on your podcast when you release it about these effects. The the key is your community and the people in your community will do the heavy lifting and do the homework and say, you know, what this guy is bringing to the table is decidedly different than what you hear from just about everybody else. When they educate themselves, then that's how you're going to clean up your own community. Because guess what? Your community will start taking the garbage out for you.
0: So true. Well, this has been awesome. Is there anything? I'm a massive believer in service and being of service to others. So is there any way that we can serve you today? What can we do to serve you? It's
1: very simple. I've already said it. If you heard something here you like, you show me value by using the information that you got. The best way to do that is to educate yourself. Then, once you educate yourself, go tell someone else. That's all you have to do.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jack. This has been awesome and so insightful. And I'm really grateful for your time today and the work that you're doing in the world. Keep spreading that message and blazing that trail.
1: No problem. Appreciate talking with
0: you. Walsers. Interesting stuff, huh? I'm sure that you got so much out of this episode because I did. I got so much out of it. And please, I would love so much if you could head to the show notes and sign the 5G petition to stop the rollout of 5G in Australia. And if you love today's episode, please subscribe. Please leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app because that means that we can educate and inspire even more people together, especially about this really, really important topic. And don't forget to come and join the Private MA Tribe Facebook group where you can share insights from this episode, plus tell me who else you want me to get on the show. It's also a very sacred space where we can come together and we can discuss all things mastering your main goal and open wide, along with anything else that you feel called to contribute to the open and honest conversation. You'll also get some extra love and support personally from me that I won't be offering anywhere else. And one thing that I get asked a lot is where can I find my tribe or where can I find like-minded people? Mm-hmm. This is the place. So head to com forward slash tribe to join now. And for everything that Jack and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at com forward slash 203. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. And you can sign the 5G petition. Please, please, please go and do that. It would mean the world to me. And another thing I wanted to mention before I go is that if you haven't got my latest book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex, all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy now. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, make sure you head on over to iTunes and you leave that five star review right now. I would be so grateful. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the healthiest, the most educated, the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You seriously rock. It means the world to me to have you here. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this particular episode, that's pretty much every single human being you know, please share this with them right now. Please, this is such an important episode. It is so important. We need to educate ourselves. We need to be aware so that we can vote. Okay, so please share it with them. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them. Do whatever you have got to do to get this in every single person's ears that you know. Okay, it's so important. And until next time, my darlings, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.